The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com. Hey, y'all, it's me, Tammy Totson. Hello, my name is Bill. You know me, I'm Dionysus, the god of water. Are you tired of bars telling you about how good their record is? I found gold under my grandma's house, and I didn't know what to do with it. But then I heard this commercial, and I said, okay, here, you can take all 4,500 pounds of this gold. I got $26, and now I can go to Arby's. Call today, one 888 Side effects include depression. The best medicine podcast here on the Nerdist School Network. Stop dressing up your cat and fall in love. The Novice and Frank present a comic book podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Novice and Frank. I'm Frank. I'm the resident novice. That's right. And I'm Amanda, and I am the resident novice. So we're going to be learning some stuff tonight. Yes, we're talking about the man without fear, one Matthew Murdoch. Also known as Daredevil. We're going to talk about him. Uh, and before we do, let's sing our improvised theme song, and then we'll just be off and rolling. How about that? You got it. Let's do it. All right. I can't see, but justice is blind. I can feel really good. I can read newsprint. And I can smell all the things, and I can touch all the things I just can't see. Did I tell you that already? I can hear from miles away. And it gets in the way of my sleeping because I'm daredevil. We'll read all about it on the novice and Frank. Well, I think we just hit all the high points of this book, so all right. we don't, we're done. Thank you, Thank everybody. everybody. Thanks anyway, for listening. <laughs> you can like us on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my word. Look at this. What yeah. I, oh, wow. I learned all kinds of stuff about things. About things? Mm-hmm. Look at that. I did not know that he was uh, the man with no fear, but I like that. as a that, What a great logline for a character, the but man yeah. with no fear. But without really, fear? With yeah. no fear. Without fear. Without fear. There. Yeah. But like, uh, wait, where Kingpin delivers the uh, the line. Yeah. Yeah, I, He's I taught like, him. Oh, I created a man without a man hope. Without hope is a man without fear. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Yeah, pretty good. There you go. Because well, you know he's always, like Daredevil's always been. I have to admit, I will be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Daredevil, uh, what well, first we'll back it up. Hi everybody, we're we're here recording in the, the, <laughs> yeah, the Nerdist School podcast. Booth, we're so excited, right really? next to Meltdown Comics here on uh, Sunset Boulevard in. Uh, nighttime here in Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, uh, glamorous and historic. Los That's right. Angeles. Uh, with us, almost as always, is Trevor. He's our engineer. Little little golf clap for Trevor. Hi, thanks, Trevor, for being here. Um, making it sound great. And uh, yeah, so we're going to discuss, like we said, Daredevil. We're very excited. Now, this is, a very, this is a specific Daredevil. And I will tell you, anybody that listened last time know I had a really hard time finding our last reading on the Marvel app. Yes. The app is still giving me trouble. This well, app is not my friend. I told you the specific. I know, but here's here's the thing. This is well, first. This is not on you. This okay. is what I realize is just there's a just a problem with my app that every time I try to, it's like I can shop, and then I get all of them, and then I go to read them offline, and it's like your password needs to be changed, and I'm like, no, it it doesn't. So this isn't on you, but I will tell you that I'm glad that we included the year because. The series is not called what I thought it was called. Oh, uh, Bo- uh, Born Again. It is not called Daredevil Born Again or mm. Daredevil colon Born Again. That's It's just right. Daredevil. So I'm glad that I, we had the issue number and we, we read issues 227 through 233. Yes. So I'm glad we had the issue numbers in the year because I, we didn't write down, I didn't write down the writer or the artist. And I was like, I just like, not again. <laughs> and I'm able to find it. So I did. Um, but that's what we're reading and discussing today. So you had read this before. I've read this before. Now I would say like Daredevil, mm-hmm. uh, created by uh, Stan Lee, mm-hmm. uh, Wally Wood did the first few issues there. Uh, he went Daredevil. I'm always partial for this, and I will ask Trevor as well. Uh, I am a sucker for Daredevil's original yellow costume. Do you feel? I, I actually know that about you. Um, I like it. I think, I think the original design that came out was kind of garbage like the original one but the romanticized version of it whenever people go back to it Mm -hmm. i think they sort of figured it out and also just knowing that it's temp and not like his first costume and it sucked and they gave him a new one 
the I, I don't know. I think retroactively I've started liking it way more than I did before. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it. It's just like the the man who's blind, but he's got this really bright yellow costume. It's like, all right, you know, I, 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 did, I wasn't quite sure. I can't tell what colors are. I yeah. can't. My radar sense doesn't let me know what a yellow <laughs> is or what a red is. Yeah. So, and he never bothered to ask anybody, hey, does this look good? (laughs) And that's what you like about it? No, no, no. I just, I don't know, for some reason, it just, uh, it it is cool. There's something about it that, yeah, there's something eye-catching and maybe just like the nostalgia nut inside me that it's just like, you know, well, but I I guess the caveat, because like green, uh, like the Falcon's original green costume without the wings, eh, it's okay. But once you give them the red and white costume with the wings, then I'm just like, mm, on board. Right, yes. Costumes are such a big deal to you. That's something that I've learned doing this podcast. I never would have pinned you as like a, like all about the costume guy. But you, the costumes are very important to you. Yeah, I mean, they, they say a lot. I mean, there's, you know, they're, they're, when they're designed well, they're so incredible. It's, mm-hmm. It just makes such a great statement with the character. And when they're designed horribly, it just... It really affects it, like uh, if we're talking like Superman New Fifty Two. Uh huh. That that redesigned costume that they they did it's where the they boots, get, right? Well, and the high collar and like the armor plating. It was just things that aren't necessary for Superman. Yeah, why would he need armor plating? Yeah, it's just I that and it just a lot of unnecessary like lines, little bit of lines that were just added for really no. I don't know why they thought it looked cool, but it it did. Okay. And I don't. It just seemed weird to me that you would design, redesign all the heroes' costumes for like the new Fifty Two and give everybody high collars. Like Green Green Arrow had it, I assume Green Lantern, Aquaman, then uh-huh. Superman. Like, why is what's with all these high collars? I, I don't know. No. Let's stop being so Victorian. No, I mean sometimes you know just that great uh, scoop neck, man. Let, just like give it, <laughs> let give it, it breathe. It to me. Yes, that's so funny. Yeah, I, I mean I know that she loves. Why? Why do you think his costume was yellow from the get-go? Because he's Daredevil. You think that they would have just made it red? Red. From yeah, the get-go. that's true. I don't know exactly why it was was yellow. I don't know if that was a uh, Wally Wood's idea when he originally uh, drew the initial concept drawings for mm-hmm. that. Uh, but it didn't last for very long, and okay. then they, they put him into the familiar red costume that we know now. And Dare, I feel like Daredevil's gone through a couple costume iterations throughout the years, but mm-hmm. more often than that, I mean, the the red the red costume that we've seen in here that's it, just like tried and tiny true. Tiny little horns. Yes. Little bitty horns on his head. And it's, uh, this is unlike, uh, say, like Batman. When anybody, like an artist draws Batman, the way they kind of make the costume their own is they kind of exaggerate some points of costume, whether it be Mike, I was remember like Howard Porter for Justice League would always make like the shoulders mm-hmm. kind of really scooped and pointed. Or a lot of different artists would uh, decide how long or short they wanted to do the ears on Batman's cowl. That Batman is the one that I can think of the most costumes for. I feel like every time he has a new run or a new movie the costumes so different do you remember batman with nipples oh, who doesn't remember that yeah can't get it out of my head man as much as you want to you can't <laughs> nope. you can't get it probably because i just kept focusing on it it was such a weird thing it was yeah. almost like the it's almost like the um the uh oh god what am i even thinking the, it's like the art director was like let's see how much of this we can get away with and then nobody changed it well because it was like when they went to the scene <coughs> where like like all right sort of like the nipple but then when they did like the butt shot too you're like, yeah so many butt shots and like, then me right. and Batgirls like boob shots yeah like it was so weird it was really weird I don't know you know yeah Ugh. but let's uh so let's go back to this so yes so uh so of course originally uh one of the Stanley of course started doing the writing there mm-hmm. but I feel like maybe the if you think about Daredevil one of the big best runs that people will say would be Frank Miller's original run when he came on uh I think in the early 170s but uh, Roger Roger McKenzie was writing a few issues with Frank Miller drawing, and then Frank Miller took it over completely. And that's when he introduced Elektra. Uh, it did a big storyline there where uh, eventually ended up her getting killed, mm. well, which was an awesome issue and really kind of uh, unexpected. You yeah. would not think that you know in comic books you would kill such a beloved character. I mean, certainly garnered a lot of fan appreciation, and then all of a sudden you kill her. Did you say Garner? A lot of fan mm. appreciation. Pretty Wink. slick there, Moran. Wink. Pretty slick. <laughs> so uh, he does that run and then leaves, and then he goes off to do other things like DC Comics, like Ronin and uh, some other series. Uh, he, he does, you know, back, uh, Dark Knight uh, Returns with Batman, does Batman Year One, various things. But then comes back to Daredevil here for the issues that we see here for the for Born Again. Okay. And uh, you know, as much as I enjoy like his original run. Mm-hmm. There's just something about this run that is just awesome. And I don't know if it's necessarily that he has David Mazzuccelli drawing it, mm-hmm. who is just, oh, man, he is so, so good. Uh, and these issues, the artist for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just such a, it's a great return to a character. And how many, how many, did he, did, did Miller do just these issues that we read or did he do yeah, the there was whole? always talk that he was supposed to be doing one issue after this, kind of like an epilogue that was also going to be like with uh, Walt Simonson, I think was going to draw it. Okay. 
and uh, he was going to write it, but that never happened. He ended up leaving mm, uh, and leaving Marvel way. after this. Yeah. So this, so these seven issues are all that he did for uh, for revisiting when he yes. came back. Okay, that's interesting. And I feel like it's it's a big thing with uh, creators if they make a really big iconic storyline with a character, and then they leave, and then they decide to revisit it. Mm-hmm. It's I don't think it's very often that they, you can come back and like match or exceed your former glory. It's that whole you can't capture lightning twice. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like Frank Miller definitely was able to do that. But, you know, like if he had stayed on more than this storyline, mm-hmm. would, would it have still maintained? Who knows? Now, when was the last time you read this? Oof, gosh. Uh, man, a few years. A few years. And does it, did it match your memory? Yeah. I mean, I've reread this a few times. Oh, okay. it is uh it is cool. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, now you, I mean, I, other than watching like the, the movie with Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner, <laughs> that's right. Or maybe watching the Netflix series. Did you watch that? I, it's, it's actually really high on my list. I've heard that it's really good. And yeah. uh, um, no, I, I, I was a little familiar with Daredevil as far, I knew he was a blind attorney whose other heightens were sensed, were, uh, her other senses were heightened. There it is. No, his heights were sensed, Step man. back and reverse it. His heights were sensed. <laughs> his heights were sensed. And also that, because he goes to high heights because they don't scare him, mm-hmm. so his heights are sensed. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, so I, I kind of knew the basis, but I don't know that I remembered how it happened. Um, I, I Like his origin story, I don't know that I knew that. And um, this is my first experience with Kingpin as uh, well. That's true, yes. You know, it, it, Kingpin's interesting too because he was introduced as a Spider-Man villain. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, he's he became more and more associated, I think, with Daredevil. I mean, he, he still does some Spider-Man occasionally, but I think if you were to kind of say, like, who who do you think is, like, uh, Kingpin's, you know, adversary? Mm-hmm. I, I think more people would say Daredevil than Spider-Man. Yeah. What do you think? J. Trevor? Yeah. 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 Hmm. So interesting because usually some, when a villain's introduced, becomes so associated with the, the title that he was first introduced in. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that hero's like rogue. But and now he's like, nah. Nah, it's like this is a, a good example of a character kind of moving on. Spider-Man has a, zil- a zillion villains. True. He's got so many enemies. Like everybody <laughs> hates that kid, you know? And he's, you know, he's just a mild-mannered guy just trying to do the best that and he he's can. He's kind help of his annoying. Spider-Man's kind of annoying. Oh, come on now. Come on. He's just doing good. He's... Mm-hmm. Um, With great power comes great responsibility. You know man. what? Shut your dirty face. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't dislike Spider Man. I just like I like Miles Morales. Oh, all right. I like I'm a fan of Miles. Okay, got okay. it. Yeah, right. there you go. But maybe that's just because we haven't read any. We haven't really done any covered any Spider Man. So maybe I just need to read the right oh. Spider Man story. Then maybe that's it. Ooh. So just Ooh. back pocket that I wonder, information. I wonder if I'll give you one small short story just to read for Spider-Man. Okay. Oh, oh God, there's a huge, oh, all right, I will say right now, like a Roger Stern, John Romita run on uh-huh. Spider-Man. Oh, I've been dying to go back and reread that stuff. Is I that would, the short story you're talking about? Or well, he, he does write that short story. Another artist draws it, but there it happens within the run of the John Romita, Roger Stern issues. It's okay. a small story at a back in the back half of one of the issues of a longer run. Oh, that's weird. Yes. Into that. Okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh man alright well for now yes we're talking Daredevil. about Daredevil yes sorry we actually went on about that's that that's alright so uh, interesting that we stopped in because uh, he's got you know like Superman's got his you know Clark Kent Lois Lane Jimmy Olsen uh, Matthew Murdoch Matt Murdoch has got Foggy Nelson his uh, his partner in the, in his law firm who I didn't know who that was yeah so uh, it was interesting meeting Foggy at first I thought the the Irish girl who they are just like she's so fucking Irish like everything she says is Irish oh, yeah. <laughs> she's like every single what's her name Glory what's her Glory what's yeah. her name Glory um yeah, and then uh, then of course we have Karen Page, yes, like, who used to be their so secretary, sad. yes, mm. uh, and had left the series a while ago. And then uh, Frank Miller decides, hey, you know, this is a great way, entry point into the storyline to bring her back in. And this is such a like, whoa, it's such real a, dark. It is, yeah. it jumps right in real quickly. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so basically, the 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 way that this arc anyway starts out. <clears throat> Is that uh, and took me a couple a few pages to be like okay this is kind of get my bearings a little bit so basically Matt Murdock uh, so their law firm goes under is that he so he can't practice law anymore basically yeah he gets he uh, gets his uh, license his license revoked yes and we meet the secretary mm-hmm. who I didn't realize was secretary I thought she was just like an old girlfriend um, and she is like 
with she's like hooked on heroin in Mexico, being oh, held Karen captive. Page, yes. Yeah, Karen Page, and doing prostitution. Doing yeah, she porno she films. was por- yeah she was a porn actress basically, yeah. and now it's clear that she's basically being held against her will. She's hooked on heroin, but I don't think it didn't read like it read as though she had been abducted and then like hooked on heroin. Basically, well, no, I think know, she like, just made a series of horrible choices. I don't think she was abducted at all. She's just just wound up there. Just made a bunch of bad. But choices. But she had to life. escape. She was being held then against her will in Mexico. Uh, well, I, I mean. And she was just desperate. I mean, she's just, you know, like, what do I have left to give you to get yeah. any heroin? And it's like, wait, I've got something. At your lowest rock bottom moment, you right. sell out somebody that you care about just because you need that fix so bad. And then so immediately bad. regrets it. Immediately. Yeah. So that's kind of how, that's how Kingpin finds out is that it goes from person to person. And I love, there's a really, I love the sequence where all the sequences where Kingpin is deciding how to deal with people, I love I, they're like matter of fact and ruthless. It's like, oh, hey, this person's going on a ski trip next week. Both legs broken. You know what I mean? It's yeah. all just like the the order is so – it's just so definite and he's clearly so smart and he runs everything. And so basically it gets out that Daredevil is Matt Murdock um, and – Kingpin decides he's just going to destroy him. He's just going to wreck his life. So in pretty quick succession, um, because Kingpin runs the city, he gets his uh, he gets the IRS to audit him, mm-hmm. which freezes all his accounts. He gets uh, so he his bills don't go through, like so his mortgage isn't paid, and then his building blows. He like sets his building on fire um, and leaves him with like ten dollars in his pocket. And basically, Matt is convinced he, he's going through this paranoia of like everybody's against me like who who that what's his name frumpy what's his last Fo- foggy foggy Fo- yes. frumpy. Frum- Fo- frumpy. <laughs> foggy he's like foggy's in on it and he's like no he's not why would i think that so he's basically just enveloped him in this whole um situation of self-doubt and he can't even get a night's sleep you know because he has nowhere to go yeah basically so it's a really interesting way of just destroying someone it's like just he has his whole revenge fantasy in his mind of him being of you know kingpin has this whole revenge fantasy in his mind of, of basically bringing daredevil down to like nothing yeah because just think, kill him man like, no, I don't, like that that's why do that you want to make this man just suffer yeah as much you can and yeah. then uh kingpin overplay yeah, as he says like you know great job but you shouldn't have signed it yeah. And now I know what the deal is. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think like this is a great thing for because like back then, yeah, well, the superhero secret identity, sacred, sacred, mm-hmm. and you can see why it's so sacred in something like this because if somebody finds out, the, certainly the wrong person finds out mm-hmm. how they could not, uh, and it doesn't have to mention like kill your loved ones, but just destroy your life. Yeah, and you know uh, one thing that I so so for the record, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was really good. I liked the art a lot. I thought it was really easy to oh, read. Yes. Um, I like the. I just I think it's cool. He's such a there's such a sense of grace about him, you know, about Daredevil, and I think that comes through in the comics. He's just he's like a gymnast. Yeah, which I loved about that because they've always kind of described him at some points as like a swashbuckler. Ah, huh. uh, and yeah, that's I think the reason I like the man without fears because he is his radar sensors are so attuned that he's seeing like 360 essentially, so he can jump off buildings backwards and everything like that, and with seemingly without a care in the world, it's mm-hmm. because he can see everything. Yeah, and I like that you you kind of forget on occasion that he's blind. Mm-hmm. He has to be like he wakes up and he's like, "Where am I?" And he's like, "Oh, it smells like Hell's Kitchen." Like it smells like this and that. And I was born here, and I know what Hell's Kitchen smells like, so I know he's like he can hear the traffic in the construction, so he knows he's in New York City still. And he's like, what part of New York? And he starts like kind of just taking it all in. And he's like, I'm in Hell's Kitchen. You know, he's like, yeah. but where in Hell's Kitchen am I? And he listens and he hears and feels, um, he can hear people like coughing around him and he hears the bells ringing. So he's like, I'm in a church. I'm probably in a mission, like at the bottom of like in the basement of a mission with, you know, a bunch of other like homeless people basically. And that's cool. It's nice seeing those, like he has nothing. He doesn't have a suit to protect him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a butler to bail him out. He's blind. Like, all he really has are his, you know, deductive reasoning skills and his heightened senses. And that's pretty cool. I think that's really neat. Yeah, and you just see him just being so broken down where he gets to his lowest point. Mm-hmm. And then you see how he f- kind of starts trying to crawl his way back out of it again. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, and the other storyline that I think is really cool in here, too, is uh, the uh, the reporter, Ben Urich. Yeah, uh, that was – and that – his story made me – I feel like 
I feel like the writing, well, the writing and the art, everything, I think it does a good job of making you go, what would I do? Mm-hmm. How much is the truth? How much do you value the truth? You know, do you value it above your loved one's lives? You know, do you value And when you've seen and heard that whole sequence where he, um, where the nurse makes him listen to her yes. strangle the guy in the hospital, which is just like so jacked. And you just see you know? like uh, like his face. It goes red. Yeah. Like actual red and just takes it. I think I thought that whole sequence I thought was really great. And there's so much going on around him. You know what I mean? They're at the um they're at the uh uh God, the Daily Bugle, mm-hmm. right? And there's so much going on around him and it's like the panels just keep zooming in on him and you just see his expression just change completely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was just really, really well handled. And so it's, it's like, I literally listened to this hit woman strangle again. How scary was she, by the way? Oh, Doris, yeah. what's her name? Lois, yeah. Doris, something like that. Sexy. <laughs> Your type of lady, huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I want a nurse who can strangle a man with one hand. Um, yeah, so it, it kind of makes you go, well, God, man, how much, it's like, you know that, technically doing the right thing would be exposing this whole thing that's going on but at what expense like at what at what cost you know yeah no because you feel like man the worst that you could do for that guy is the kingpin is you get him thrown in prison but i mean his reach isn't going to stop in prison right if you could even get him thrown in prison good luck yes you know he probably controls the mayor (laughs) yeah and he might off you before he even gets a trial and then there you go so Or not even just off you. Man, that's the thing about this. It makes you realize, like, nah, there's a lot of stuff that's potentially worse than death. You know? <laughs> like, somebody coming into your house and killing your loved one while you, and making you watch it is potentially, yeah. like, a fate almost worth, worse, you know, worse than death. So, um, yeah, I agree. I thought his storyline was really great. And I like that this story didn't feel overcomplicated to me. It was, no. It felt very simple. And I, I, I don't know. I like that. I thought it was cool. And very streamlined. And it's one of those where you don't, I mean, you feel like, boy, these, you know, these uh, six, seven issues, just like, this is it. This is great, perfect amount for the storyline. doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's padded and it doesn't feel like it's rushed. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you just, it, it just comes together so nicely by the end of it. How do you feel? And I know it's, you know, it's, it's Frank Miller. So, uh, how, how do you feel about, do you think they're, it's too wordy? Do you think it's just wordy enough? Do you like the dialogue? How do you feel about uh, kind of the way that everything's structured? Uh, man, I feel like this is, like this is the good stuff for Frank Miller when he, you know, all the the the, the, uh, the caption boxes and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is this is good. I mean, I feel like uh, later year Frank Miller, I feel like almost I don't want to say it became a parody of it, but it just like it didn't have like the same kind of punch that it had in here. I feel mm-hmm. like this is when you're seeing Frank Miller kind of operating at like at a at a at a peak mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and it was uh, I thought everything just really worked so well, and just I cannot say enough how much about the art just. Is so fantastic. Yeah, and to, and to have a collaborator that can work so well with Frank Miller, uh, because they also did. Did you read Batman Year One? Yes. 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 So they, that was the same team that did this story. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and that uh, man, another just another great uh, interpretation of just taking Frank Miller's script and then doing that. Because yeah, sometimes uh, sometimes writer artists uh, work incredibly well just by themselves. Mm-hmm. And they don't really work well with others, right? Uh, you know, whether they're the writer or the artist for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, I mean, gosh, I mean, to do two great iconic pieces, both for Batman and Daredevil, with this artist, just so great. When you find that collaborator that you can really gel with. Do you? I want to. I want to come back to that because I have a mm-hmm. question about that. But here's one thing I want to say. I I actually really enjoy for, and I, I had a hard time a couple of times being like, wait, is this an internal dialogue or is he speaking? Because sometimes the words, it's clearly the same character, but the words kind of break out of the box. And so I wasn't sure if that's him wondering aloud or, um, so I, I, that was a little confusing, but I love, so like the splash page of Purgatory, right? Which is in, which one is it? It's issue 228, do, right? Do, do. Um, I love that that page where he's sitting, like he's laying in that tiny little hotel room. Yes, and it's the view from above. I think is so cool, um, and it's just and he's just just curled up and like clean. And even I don't know. I just I love his body language. Like he could just be curled up holding himself, but he's got like one hand on the bed, almost to steady himself. And and I, and what I like too is that the next issue in Pariah, 
Mm-hmm. Then it gets kind of doubled up again there. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice, yeah. And then that one, yeah, and he's, you know, holding himself. So I think there's just some really, really cool angles, some really cool takes. And I think the lettering is really cool in this one. That's Joe Rosen on letters. But yeah. um, the way the boxes are, at least on these two pages that we're talking about, the way that they're, they're spread apart, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like it's his thoughts, how fast his thoughts are coming yeah, to it, him. It's not like it's all one big box of, of text all the way down where you're kind of just reading it. It's just kind of whatever your pace you decide to read yeah, it. Yeah, and they're not equal. They're not equidistant. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like more, there's there's about equidistant between the first and second and second and third. And then there's a lot less space between the third and fourth. And then a lot more space between the fourth and fifth. And it feels very, it's like a really subtle way to me, of like landing the punch, mm-hmm. right? Like he's describing the room, and here's what his, you know, and here's what he's going through. And it's like, left me with 10 bucks my name. And then there's like, beat, beat, I found a hotel that made change. You know, it's almost like the button yeah. on that page. So I, I don't notice stuff like that a lot, but, um, but I, I like that. And I think it's moments like that when you do notice that that shows you just what this art, this medium is capable of. Yeah, and how much thought goes into it, and how much you can control the pace at which a reader will go through the through a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, that's why I just like always love this much more than TV shows or film because you just really have total control over how the audience can really enjoy this. It's pretty subliminal too. Yeah, I think that it to be able to have, it's almost uh. It's almost crazy to to think like, wow, they're controlling the pace at which I read. Mm -hmm. And who would have even thought? It's like, that's really manipulative. But it's in a good way, you know what I mean? It's amazing that I think it's skillfully done. I like the the cohort. I like Kingpin's henchman that looks like used car salesman and speaks like Shakespeare. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know his name, but he's – it just made me want to – just take a like get vocabulary flashcards <laughs> like I was back in school. Well, uh, the other thing too is which I thought was interesting is that uh, you it's almost like very very kind of similar tracks but like with Ben's story again you just get to see him coming in very much like you know I'm a, I'm a huge hotshot reporter Daily Bugle top of my game uh, you know I've busted all these stories and these criminals uh, and you seem very much you know very confident. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say arrogant, but very you know very much like confident. What he very needs confident, to do. yeah. Uh, and then when Austin like out in the uh, the parking garage where he gets his fingers broken, mm. uh, and that first cha- cha- change where you're yeah. just like, whoa, what is this is something that's never happened to me before. Uh-huh. And then you see him just start his descent mm-hmm. into like, what am I doing? Yeah, it's a much more. I don't want to say realistic, but in a sense, too, as opposed to Matt Murdock, who you're seeing all these other things, too, but you're imagining him as Daredevil. So mm-hmm. it seems a little bit more fantastical, even though it's like IRS and things like that. But yeah. seeing a reporter, which I think, you know, a non power, just regular reporter, but something I think you can more clearly associate with, like, that's just a regular person. They're getting their fingers broken. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I think, too, you know, on the scale of things they could do to you, like, breaking your fingers isn't really the worst thing, you know? So. I think that the fact that it's like that combined with the fact that they keep making him see people get hurt. Yes. They're like, you're a reporter, you know, watch this, basically. Um, so, yeah, like the fingers getting broken is like, it's it's twisted and it's, you know, painful. But it's like, Mar, you didn't really, it's like, it would be really easy to be like, you didn't really get off that bad, considering like, you can still walk, you saw the, <laughs> yeah. a, a hand that works, you know, that's temporary. But... The fact that they like made him watch them beat the other guy, who then ended up getting strangled. Mm-hmm. They then strangled him, and his son died. Yeah, the guy that that snitched. Well, I mean, you know, and that should be, it should be like vengeance or something. But I like that there's a commentary on that, right? Like the reporter, you're kind of going through his inner dialogue, and he's saying this guy's a scumbag, and but he goes to see that he's the head he's the chief police isn't he that flipped that gave the gave the kingpin info on oh, Daredevil yeah. so he's the chief of police and he did it to get care for his son who's very ill so he goes to see this guy in the hospital who is there visiting his son and it's really just i think a nice commentary from the writers to to basically be that characters in a monologue and just say you know this is what this guy's going through and he's you know 
kind of a cowardly, kind of a cowardly MFer. And then you jump back, and he's like, while I was there, his son died. And he's like, and if you want to know how that made me feel, then you're then you're a twisted, basically, then you're you're twisted. Yeah. Kind of. Which I think is cool. It's like a really like solemn, like nice solemn moment, you know? Yeah, it's uh man, there's just so, so much about this. More power and less words. Yeah. And the other, well, the other thing I like about something like this too is that when you see a character come back, or a, or a creator come back to a uh, character that he's really associated with, but then see Ali also uses opportunity to share his thoughts or his, or his points of view on other superheroes within the universe as well. Mm-hmm. So when you see the Avengers show up, right, to uh, have a little chat, uh, and just the way that he imagines Captain America, mm-hmm. Thor, and Iron Man, I thought really cool way of kind of blowing out how he views the rest of the Marvel universe. In mm-hmm. a sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Captain America getting his hands dirty. What I like, I just like this description of Captain America, and I can't, because I always knew, like, you know, Captain America had the super soldier serum, and he's, you know, like, you know, like the peak human, peak human specimen. Yeah. Uh, But just the way that uh, he describes it, like, being so uh, athletic, and he's doing all these really rigorous things, and yet his heart rate is just so low. Just still. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And I thought like that was a really cool way of describing Captain America. It's like, yeah, he's just doing all these incredible things, and it's just like, you know, there's not even working all the day's work. Yep, uh-huh. he's just doing his thing as you do for the love of country. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, so of course, the way, another character that gets uh, brought into this as well is uh, at least alluded to here, and I think pretty easily if you think about it, it's just this nun that helps Matthew out. Yeah, right. Uh, his but, mom. But his mom. Mama nun. Yes. But somebody that really hasn't been part of the series at all, because when in Daredevil number one, you know his dad was a boxer battling Jack Murdoch. Uh, he gets blind. His mother's never in the picture at all. His mm-hmm. mother's always just been off for whatever reason. So also now to have this character come back or be involved in Matthew's life again is uh, interesting mm-hmm. and not not really dealt with a lot. Not after really. This issue. Yeah. Even after just the a discovery and kind of go their own ways. Yeah, she'd be brought back occasionally, mm-hmm. uh, but, like, you know, never really, like, all of a sudden you find out, like, your mom was around. Like, eh, yeah, maybe, maybe I want to hang out and get yeah. to know a little bit. No? Okay. <laughs> She's a nun. She's got her own things going on. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I like um, I like when they flash back to the conversation that his dad has when he is in the hospital the first time when he's when he's a boy. And his dad's trying to, like, break this news to him, and he's like, son, you know, you're blind. And he's like, yeah. I know. And he's like, what? You seem to be taking this really well. And he's like, right. It, like, I I didn't think that this was just a dark hospital. Like, there's no hospitals with no lights, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. you're coming in to tell me this, like, it's news, basically. Um, and then he just, you know, kept his other, like, super senses, basically, to himself. There's a, there's a, a, a group of panels in here that I really like, and I want to say it's in, oh, it's in one of the first three issues that we read, but it's... Uh, it's when the, what's the reporter's name? Uh, ben Yurick. Ben, what is it? Ben Yurick. Ben Yurick. So, um, uh, Ben Yurick is talking with the uh, the guy from the Daily Bugle, the editor, the chief editor. Oh, J. Jonah Jameson, man. That guy from yes. Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking with him, and there's that really cool bunch of panels where they're all in, um, they're all it's like blinds. Mm-hmm. On their face, those strips of light on their face. It's so cool looking. Yeah. What a great use of lighting. Oh, I mean, uh, Mazda Kelly's just such a fantastic artist. Yeah. In this. Uh, and it's it's really cool. I, what I do like to see is that when Karen Page, because you see also like her struggle, like she at her lowest point is sold out Matt Murdock. And mm. then also now when Kingpin just nonchalantly tells uh, one of his underlings that find anybody who's ever touched his envelope yeah. or talked to anybody. Yep. Wait the kill order. Yeah. And then starts wiping everybody out, and all of a sudden Karen Page walks in on that and knows that she's next. Yeah. Uh, and she's got to basically be on a run for her life and try to try to get back yeah. to Matt and Foggy. Yeah. Uh, and to see her come back with Foggy, and, uh, you know, regardless of whatever's happening, we're family. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, yeah, Foggy's the man. Foggy's the kind of guy you want in your corner. I yeah. want a Foggy. You know, that was a... Another great thing, like for the longest time, the status quo is that, you know, they, uh, Karen Page knew who Matt Murdock was, of course, from the storyline, but Foggy still didn't know that oh, Matt and Daredevil right. were the same. Okay. And I feel like that was such a great addition to bring Foggy into the secret, which one uh, legally uh, would kind of frustrate him at times because, you know, it's also I'm a lawyer and you're also Daredevil. And right. You know, what are we doing? Hey, come this, on, man. But uh, I figure, like, there's only, 
so many like. I, don't, I, I guess it comes back to those those comic book tropes where you know, it's secret identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody can know who you, what you're doing, what you're doing. It's a very insular thing. And maybe you share your other your identity with fellow heroes, right? People that you know they can can relate to why you're keeping your identity such a secret. Mm-hmm. But nobody within like your your loved ones, close friends, uh, nobody that doesn't in your civilian life, so to speak, knows what your deal is. And that's I always feel like that's so unrealistic, and it gets irritating at times because then I feel like you make the other characters. You have to write the other characters dumber than they really are. Yeah. To not yeah. be able to put things together or understand. Yeah. Well, in this one, I feel like a lot of people know. I mean, that that he is allowed to know. Yeah. You know, who is it? Karen Page? Karen Page. Karen Page knows. Foggy knows. Um, Glory. What's her name? Glory? Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Glory. She with knows. An eye. With, with an eye. Not a with an eye. With an eye. She knows. And so does the reporter. Because uh, because at some point Daredevil saved his life. Well, yeah, but uh, it's one of those like where uh, he's never given Ben the, the like, yep, you know what, I'm I'm Daredevil. Oh, really? But it's like you know, like Ben feels like you know what, I pretty much put two and two together. Oh, I okay. know you're Daredevil, right? Uh, even though you're not going to say, admit it to me. Yeah, you know, he's like, I, we know, buddy. I know what's We've up. We've got an understanding. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Which mm-hmm. I, part of that I also respect too. It's like I, I don't need you to tell me for sure. I know what the deal is, and I know why you can't tell me. Gentleman's agreement. Know. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like because how do you feel like uh, Jim Gordon and and Bruce Wayne are? Do you feel like he knows that Batman is really Bruce Wayne? Yeah. And, and never. It's like I don't need you to tell me. I know it. I'm not gonna you know make a big deal about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because I feel like otherwise, like Jim Gordon is like one of the dumbest people around. Yeah, that's like, like the that not way. the person that I want overseeing the police force. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he knows definitely, and he's just being kind, and it's just kind of an unspoken agreement. It's kind of like, it's like if you're out. Well, we live in LA, so this is a, this is like a really weird LA thing to say, but it's kind of like when you're out and you see a celebrity, and it's like nobody spotted them, and you see them, and they know that you see them, and you're just like. Yeah, but you know what? Like, go live your life, man. <laughs> I'm going to call you out. <laughs> uh, Colin Hanks just sent my dermatologist. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and I you... saw him, and I was like, hmm. and he saw me see him. Yeah. And so I, like, smiled at him, and then I, like, went back to my magazine because I didn't want to be like, oh, I love your dad. <laughs> like, I didn't want to be like. Because that, that's, you wouldn't want to compliment him. <laughs> no, I no. actually, I actually love Colin Hanks. I think he's great. And I, I had just listened to him on the Nerdist podcast. So it was like a weird, I wanted to be like, oh my God, I just listened to your podcast. And I didn't because, and he's in a great show too. But this is a side note. This is where we get away from everything for yes. a long time. Uh, but on the level, Frank, I think that Tom Hanks is my spirit animal. And I say that because. A friend of mine had said a couple years back that his spirit animal was a penguin. And I said, well, how do you know what your spirit animal is? Is that just a joke? And he's like, no, I actually think that. And I was like, why do you, why do you say that? And he said, because I dream of penguins. Like, they come to me in my dreams. They appear in my dreams. They kind of just appear mm. in places. Like, when I don't expect to see them, like the symbolism of little, like symbols of penguins and stuff. Three times, Tom Hanks has come to me in my dream when I've been very stressed out. And we've sat down and we've, like, had tea. And he's talked me through my problems in my dreams. What? So, yes. Yeah, so. That's ridiculous. All right, in your dream, uh-huh. are, is Tom Hanks like big Tom Hanks? Is he Forrest Gump Tom Hanks? Is he uh, now modern day Tom Hanks? The first two, he was like, you've got male Tom Hanks. Okay. Right? And then most recently, he was pretty much up to date Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, wow. he's like a little, he's like graying at the temples and he was just very, he's got such a nice calming energy and a good sense of humor in my dreams. And so I, I don't know a non-weird way of being, first of all, I mean, I, I adore him. I think he's amazing and, and funny and like a, an amazing actor and producer. So professionally, like on the level, I just respect the hell out of him. But I also don't know a non-weird way of being like, hey, you've gotten me through some tough times and you don't even know it. <laughs> you gave to me in my dreams. So I felt like maybe that was not the discussion to have with Colin Hanks at my dermatologist's no, office. I, why not? I feel like mm-hmm. if not, then when? I don't know, man. I missed. I missed my chance. In your dreams, do you actually complete the whole kind of conversation, or do you always wake up before you reach the end of it? And you never know how you and Tom Hanks wrap things up. Um, I think I don't remember. I feel like at least once he like hugged me, and the dream ended. Oh yeah. man, it was like a nice hug. Look yeah. at that. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> And I got to be like, in the first stream we talked, I was like, how's Rita? It was so weird. It was like a weird, surreal, I was like, oh, in my dream, 
like, this is crazy. Like, why? How did I get Tom Hanks here talking to me? What's going on here? And then, but then it chilled out pretty immediately. And it was like, we were just old friends. Just like, I think there might have been a fireplace. We were just like hanging out in easy chairs, just like having tea and discussing problems. Now, say, example, you in your various LA adventures, because, you know, Amanda is very LA connected. She's around the city. (laughs) She's a mover and shaker in this Hollywood (laughs) system. As much as she pretends that she's not. Yeah. But also, you just happen to be in a public place and you see Tom Hanks. Would you be able to go up comfortably, like having these dreams that you feel like, I'm so comfortable, I could just go up there and just chat with him real quick? No, I, I wouldn't. Because I think that, oh, here's the thing. If I got the opportunity to talk to Tom Hanks and I didn't do it, I think that I would, I, I think I would regret that. But whenever I see people in out in just in real life, I always, I try, even if I just love their work and I respect them, and I know the majority of people like hearing that, and are very nice. I don't want to to give them away. I don't want to d- direct attention to them or mm-hmm. at them. I know that, like, uh, weirdly enough, I've met Lou Ferrigno like four times now. He was on my plane. Don't say weirdly. That's no. you know, like, but it is kind of weird. He was on, so he's on a plane, and uh, and then he was on my plane to Detroit and back from Detroit, oh. and I saw him while I was there. Perhaps he was watching you. Hmm. <laughs> hey, Lou. What's up, Lou? Uh, but, you know, but it's one of those things where it's like, he's impossible to miss. Like, you can't, you know, like, he looks like Lou Ferrigno. Like, he's a big guy. So we were at the airport, and I was like, oh, Lou Ferrigno's sitting over there. And nobody was n- near him or saying anything. And so I almost walked over, and I was like, you know, I can't. Because once people see other people talking it, it draws a crowd and I mean you we worked at Universal together with VIP when we you know a lot of celebrities come in and out and I think you see that happen all the time well I mean even when you and I would talk people would just come all over I know and they'd be like listen Art I overheard you speaking and I recognized those beautiful speaking voices from <laughs> yeah. the Novice and Frank a comic book podcast Will you sign my boobs? And I'd be like, sure, but Frank, you should do that first. All right, you go first. yeah, mm-hmm. I'd press them up on the glass for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> so imagine like you're uh, you're at like LACMA, uh-huh. and you're both having to be going through an exhibit together, mm-hmm. and you come into one of those like smaller rooms, mm-hmm. and it's just you and him. You have he's already there, and you have him just walk in. And you see him. There's nobody else. Around. It's kind of quiet day at LACMA, so yeah, not really a lot of action going in through and there. And you in this in a room like the size of that room that we're recording in, you guys are both looking at pictures. You say, oh my god, it's Tom Hanks. Yeah. You talk to him then. I would. I would. And I would probably say, it'd be a weird situation because I'd probably say, I'm so sorry. I know you have probably been dreading this because you saw that you were alone with another person who might recognize you. (laughs) But I wanted to tell you that your work has impacted my life. And um, sometimes when I'm really stressed you literally appear in my dreams with a cup of tea and we talk over my problems. And I just wanted to tell you thank you for that because I'll never get the chance. And now I'll leave before I attract more attention to you. But I think you you seem like a really lovely person and thank you for your work. Uh, what if he said, oh, what's your name again? Amanda? Well, here's my address. Please come over and let's do this tea in person. I'm so then, smitten. I'm so charmed by your story. Then I would start weeping <laughs> and I'd be like, thank you, I have to leave now, but I'll see you on <laughs> Tuesday or a day of your choosing. There you go. I'll see you in my dreams. Yeah. No, I that would be uh, that'd be amazing. That'd be the bomb. Mm, yeah. I, I, what I always like about that is that just like uh, for his thanks, he's always like with T. Hanks. T. Hanks. Yeah. Thanks. It. It's classic. It's amazing. The first person yep. who thought of that should get all the money. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, that. so if anybody out there has any T. Hanks uh, connections, I'm not. I'm really not crazy, and I'm not creepy, and I can be trusted around famous people. Yes. Uh, I just, uh, I just want to thank him for his advice over what has now become like a couple of years, I think. And how, I mean, I'm, uh, when I am disappointed about this, what you imagine your counter would be, which is lovely and charming. Uh, at no time do I see any offering to, to come on the Novice and Frank podcast. Oh, that would come during the in-person tea date. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Okay. Then. Date, All right. Yeah, that would come. And now we have a talking point for real without me being like, you're in my dreams because I can be like, your son and I go to the same doctor. We both get our moles checked. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do get everybody get your moles checked because That's I had to have one removed. And, and you got it, but it, I, but we got it before. Get the moles supposedly before it got bad. So That's good. I have not been to the dermatologist in years, and I am I'm riddled with cancer. <laughs> it's the worst thing to say. <laughs> I guess it is. You should go get checked out. Well, everybody you know, get your moles I, checked. I, I'm wanting that sweet release. I so text my brothers, and yeah, I did. Well, I haven't I told a lot of people this, but yeah, I. Uh, 
I did, in fact, remote remote, and it was benign, but but uh, I've got what they call a moderate amount of atypia in that area, which means oh. that now I have to go back in on March 1st, and they have to take more from the area. And I don't even have a lot of moles on my body. That's what's so stupid. It's not like I'm like a plethora, but they have to go to that same area, and they're going to give me stitches in my belly. But you... Uh, ooh. Mm, yeah. Some sexy stitches. Some sexy stitches. So uh, any good juju that you guys have out there, that would be appreciated. And send a man his way. Send him, send him my juju. And get your, go get uh, go get checked out. That's right. Look yeah. at that. We don't just, uh, you know. Uh, I care about you. If you're listening to this podcast, I care about you deeply. So please, anybody that doesn't listen to the podcast, you go to hell. But, <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else, take care of yourselves, man. We don't just enrich your mind. We also just, you know, worry about your health. Too. We are. Try and get your moles checked. Trevor, yeah. get checked out. Get your moles checked. There you go. All right. All right. That's all. That's all I wanted to say. Um, uh, last character, the exciting character we have to introduce here as we segue awkwardly back into Daredevil yep. born again. Sorry. Uh, Tom new, Hanks, no, I no, blame no, I you. It. No, I love it. That's what I love about the Nevis Frank. You go on these, we go on these delightful little tangents that great. are always great. Uh, Nuke, uh, what do you think of this character as uh, a, a, a nice villain that the Kingpin... It's pretty intense. Give me a red. Give me a blue. Yeah. I think he's cool. I mean, he, it's, he makes for a good villain. Yeah. I love that picture. Come I would on. put that on my wall. Yes. That, and I hate, <laughs> we're the worst at being like, I like this visual thing that the listeners can't see. <laughs> but that's the last page of the, of the arc, right? Of the 232. Just, of 232. Yeah, okay. and then the last issue then is then when Daredevil, Captain America, take on Nuke. Mm. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and then they end it happily ever after walking through Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. He and Karen Page. As you do. That's right. Everybody's happy in Hell's Kitchen. That's what I hear. That's why it's got that fun name. Yeah, he's going to hell and back literally, and now he's back in Hell's Kitchen. Mm. Look at that. So, yes, uh, overall, you would recommend this arc. Yeah, absolutely. Overall, I I would recommend it. And you know what this made me want to do, which is, I think, maybe the highest compliment I can give it. It made me want to read more Daredevil. That's There is a, um, I can't remember the name of the writer, but Lee Weeks was the artist uh, back in the late... 290s of this. They did kind of uh, a semi-sequel to this mm-hmm. where it was the uh, um, Fall of the Kingpin and where you get to see where uh, Daredevil kind of turns the, the tables on Kingpin and tries to bring him down finally. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's a nice, it's like another five, six issue story arc. That's that's really good. Unfortunately, and sadly, it's not on Unlimited yet, which is disappointing because it's always been a, uh, a nice little follow-up to this. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It doesn't quite reach the heights of this at all, but mm-hmm. Lee Weeks is another amazing artist. And uh, the story is the story is really good. We'll have to check it out. When we do this again, I have a friend who's super, super into Daredevil, and I'd have to see if... Oh, yeah, come in and, and maybe, chat, chat maybe about that. he would the, come in and, and chat about it. The Man Without Fear. Look at mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting uh, about the wrapping time here for the Novice and Frank. That's right. Yes. Uh, but you know, folks, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, certainly we're talking about Daredevil Born Again. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, if we wanted to talk about something that you care about mm-hmm. or you're a creator and you have a new project that you'd love to have people talk about and give, you know, just, you know, some feedback or yeah. just discussion about. You have a spirit animal you want to talk about. That's right. We're the place to do it. That's right. Please email us at uh, thenoviceandfrank at gmail.com. Uh, you can find Frank. You can find me on Twitter and my gram. I'm getting my gram. Getting your gram Damn. started. Lots of great food picks. That's right. You know, I'm Frank eats food. You know, just one uh, sidebar for one quick, t- quick uh-huh. t- second, uh, 10 second time out here. Uh, my gram game, do I just keep that just food and just stick to that? Or do I, I like, need to diversify? I think you should diversify, but I like the hashtag Frank eats food. Okay. I think keep the hashtag on all of your food picks, and okay. I think that's great. Okay. Um, but for now, keep uh, keep uh, got to diversify. Got to diversify. Maybe a little okay. bit of a NF podcast. Yeah, Maybe a little, little bit of that on there. I mean, I guess. I mean, you know. All right. So it's good not to just like diversify a pl- social media platform, not just keep it so specific. Uh, yeah, unless I mean, unless that's the only thing that you're interested in in really um, getting people involved in. I actually have two Instagrams, but I I, I have one that's more like my fun nerdy stuff because I feel like if I put my personal like too much personal shit on the nerdy yeah. one, like how people like are showing be a like, poop that you had in the morning. Yeah, mm, you know, like all yeah. that artistic pooping that I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, then maybe people won't be so into that. They're like, this is what I signed up for. So I have two. Um, but to be honest with you, I've kind of gone away from my, my all the shit I post is nerdy anyway so i'm I'm almost exclusively use mine which if you want to contact me is uh instagram or twitter at comic book novice that's me love it um i didn't even say mine's happy go jackie yeah happy go jackie i got off my my gram tangent so now back back into the action back into the action so yeah uh if you have an opinion on whether uh frank should have a a separate personal and food-based instagram account uh, go to Happy Go Jackie and let him know. Be like, this Please. shouldn't belong here. This should belong on a separate account. And tell him. Yeah, maybe I do a Frank Eats Food Instagram. I that's think it. that's, 
I think that's it. I think that's a smart one. Look at and that. We were you, solving you things. Solving you're, problems. Like, you're, you're like my own personal Tom Hanks. What? That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll have a, a, we've got new episodes out uh, every Wednesday, Wednesday slash Thursday. Yeah. Uh, um, what should we read for next week? That's an excellent question. I don't know. You know, I've been reading Bone. Have you ever read Bone? Oh, yeah, the Jeff Smith thing. Yes. yes. Yeah, that... I've been reading that. Uh, Matt Craig gave me, like, all of them. So oh, I've been man. reading a lot of Bone. I've got all the uh, trades, so that's that's really cool to do. There's, But I've always thought about, like, getting the the, the full, huge collection in color. Oh. Because it's just, like, a nice, huge... I'm always a sucker for, like, those big oversized kind of things. I know. Like, this looks so good on a coffee Yeah. Table. Do you want to read, uh, like, the... you want to talk about, like, the first story arc in Bone? Or yeah. Is there, is there, how far are you in? I'm too... Uh, trade paperbacks in oh nice yeah we can talk about the first story arc we'll okay. talk about that yeah or as much as or more you wanted the first three yeah first three volumes sure all right let's we'll do give it. You something to read great all so right. we're gonna talk about the first three volumes of bone Ooh. by jeff smith next week just a little change it just a little change of pace a little palette cleanser from marvel for a little bit <laughs> our palette. Uh, check out the other uh, Nerdist School Network podcasts. There's a lot of really fun, geeky stuff out there. We've got uh, Hellmouthy, which is a, I think they've combined them now. It's Buffy Vampire Slayer and Angel. Smart thinking. Both. Um, you've got Rachel Sam Reads a Story, which is a really fun uh, commentary on children's books. But, do they have one where you talk about The Flash at I, all? You know what? I think they do. And I think, I think that it's called A Podcast of Two Worlds, and it features our very own engineer, Trevor. So look at that one as yeah. well. Subscribe, nice, subscribe, nice subscribe. nice thumbs up. In fact, Trevor has bought the new issue of Flash today. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you read it yet, Trevor? Uh, yes. And? Thumbs up? It's, it's good. It's good. All right. It's we're, good. We're and we're going to do a little crossover action soon, too. Yes. Which is exciting stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, a hot Nerdist School Network podcast crossover. That's right. So stay tuned for that. Yes, because the Batman Lego movie coming out February 10th. That's uh, right. So just a few days after we're recording this. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get together the podcast of two worlds and do a little crossover. Yeah. It's going to be great. Oh, I cannot wait. Perfect. So... Uh, thank you guys so much. If you don't want to use any of those other platforms, hashtag us, the novice and Frank, and uh, we would love to hear from you. That's right. Yeah. We will, let's play ourselves out. There you go. The lady I loved got stabbed with a sigh. <laughs> and my backstory's just plain old sad. It was by a guy named Bullseye. And he left me feeling just a little bit bad. I cried so much I woke up with a sigh. And also lost the vision in my eyes, but don't worry, I got my other heightened senses. I can feel my tears running down my face. In way stronger ways than you can, because I'm Daredevil. I'm the novice. (laughs) And Frank, just to summarize. Just to summarize. That's the deal. It just fills the tears. So much super hard. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Love you.